The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Let's see how fast I can do this while talking. I am your host, Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Coming at you, co-hosting from the borough of Kings. We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! Uh, yes, sir. We are back. Yes, ma'am. Also, and yes, everybody else. Um, we are back after uh, a week's hiatus. I hope uh, everyone out there had a good uh, Thanksgiving holiday if you uh, celebrate or if you just ate a, ate well and had a good day off. You know, that also yep. works. <laughs> All of that, works, you know. So, but yeah, hopefully it's been good to everybody and, um, you know. Uh, while I go ahead and get the rest of the pleasantries out of the way, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. Uh, uh, wait, oh, that's too far ahead. You find us on the Coastal Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we're still working on getting our Spotify up and running correctly. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, yes, you can find us recording most most times every Thursday night, uh, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Again, please click like, subscribe, hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live. Yes. Or if I do what I should have done like prior to us starting and put a tweet out there. But hey, it'll it'll be out there eventually. Um, and speaking of eventually, we are going to start off with some a couple of quick recaps uh, of the shows uh, from the last couple of weeks. So first off, we're going to do... Um, uh, the last couple of weeks of Invincible. Jing, I wish I had a little stinger um, bef- before we go into Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Sure, sure. I'm going to hit the spoiler bell just because, mm. just in case you are that far behind and you have not caught any parts of these two shows, you are now forewarned that we're going to be at least touching on some basic, basic story points. 
from these most recent episodes of these two shows. So here we go. Spoilers incoming in three, two, one. So first up, we're going to talk about Invincible. Uh, did we cover episode three by itself? No, I don't think we've covered anything. Because, yeah, because, no, because remember last week was three. Uh, after we would have, it would have been three if we had recorded. So Ah, I see. Three. So four was this week. Okay. Oh, wait, four? No, 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 four was last week. Right. So right. so I don't know. I I don't know if we discussed three. I don't think we did, we will, actually. Right, 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 right. So, so then three and four, right? Mm-hmm. So the last half of this first half of you know the, the this season of Invincible because they're releasing eight total, and it's a four a block of four and four, two blocks of four and four. Right. So hey, I think sure we did it's too, fair. Right. Well, I think it's fair just to talk about the first four overall, but right. obviously we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about the last two. I will say that not being very familiar with the Invincible comic, I enjoyed hearing from other podcasts as I was, you know, after I watched that a lot of the stories that are being told and adapted are basically pretty straight from the comics other than maybe out of sequence you know it may not be a beat for beat telling of the story but the stories themselves are essentially straight from the comics maybe slightly out of sequence so i enjoyed that part i still have not yet gotten to that adam eve special but i like where they're taking her character so that ends up being kind of funny because if you had and in, since you are caught up with uh, uh, Invincible, you will notice uh, some similar some similarities into uh, a couple of event, a couple of things that happen uh, there and here. But it's nothing like major. It's just like okay, that's right. funny, right? And there are a couple of reveals in the last two episodes. One of them is obviously a very large reveal that we will not discuss in detail, but it, it involves the return of a major character from the first season. Mm-hmm. And possibly the introduction of, I'm not, and this is where, like Agent 70, my um, lack of knowledge on the Invincible series, you know, is, is lacking because... The comic series, right. Yes, the comic series, because I think there is another... Another introduction that we see that might not be in the comics from what I've seen around, but I'm not sure about that also. So, but that's going to be a, a thing in, uh, in the, I guess, during the season and probably however long that, that becomes a thing. So, either way, right. though, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and just say, like, I've been enjoying the show. Like, the show is still firing on all fierce, uh, pistons as it normally does. You know, just, it's we haven't gotten to where, like, the end of last season was just, like, it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of a uh, lot of action going on and a lot of uh, chaos. Like, right. And there's been some of that in these four episodes, mind you, but, you know, not as much as we got in that last um, last bit of the first season. Right. I'll say that I think if there's one thing I, I I don't know, maybe I'm just trying to get you to it. The style of animation and the brutality that they depict are still kind of jarring to me. You know, when I see the brutality, I guess I'm just used to like the smooth 
look, the very slick animation from uh, Japanese anime uh, and the way things are drawn is very slick and smooth. And obviously the gore is still there, but it just doesn't feel as visceral as the invincible gore is. That's just me. Mm. You know, I'm still, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm just kind of, I, I just kind of recoil a little bit at seeing it sometimes. I mean that's actually good though because if you did right. you that that would say probably more. <laughs> Sociopath. Yes, right. I do. So, but yeah, the 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 fact that it can still get you is is a thing, and they don't seem to be leaning on it as much. But it's like you know what I feel like because they set it up the way they did in the first first season, it's like you know what shit could happen, and and it does. So it shouldn't be you know necessarily that big of a um. A deal because this you already know this is a part of it, but at the same right. time it's still like, eh, it, this is something you don't really see in in, in other um, cartoons, comic books, slash whatever whatever uh, animated media. Well, I take it by touch because there's some anime that really gets gory, but those are made to be that way. Shout out to Attack on Titan, I guess. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, obviously that makes you recoil, you know, but. You know, there's just something about, I guess, like Superman level characters beating each other up, you know, to that level, like right. so, where they're they're not exactly invulnerable. Let's put it that way. Right. Basically, almost to a pulp. Right. Right. So. That's the part, I guess, is that that's the part that, you know, they're super strong, but not super, not nearly as invulnerable as we've seen other characters depicted. So, but, uh, but yeah, you know, but, uh, you know, as I mentioned, that return of that character took me a little bit by surprise, but I should not have been, you know, I think I was expecting it in the second half of the season to be perfectly honest, Mm. but I think they put it in, you know, in in a good spot because it does tease the second half of the season. Right. It felt like they were, I I don't want to say telegraphs, but it felt like you could kind of see the hints there, but they kind of tried to veil it enough to where we were like, "Eh, I don't know if we're actually going to do this. But then I was like, okay, sure. Right. It it felt like they was kind of working up to it, but kind of hide the fact that they were working up to it. Right. So. No, that makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Now the other, there is another big mystery that I guess is, is starting to get solved. Um... Because there was the return of another character, of, of a side character, that even another character was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> uh, and, and which causes, I guess, that character to kind of start questioning some things. Uh, because I know, some again, some of us who are not familiar with the, the, the book, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's probably a thing that, that is a, already a thing that uh, Invincible folks, the comic book Invincible folks already knew about. But the rest of us right. are like, yeah, the hell does this happen? How does this, how does this happen? So, I guess we will get into more of that as uh, when the show comes back next year, because this, yeah, because this four, this this last one was it until next year. As uh, eighty-seven, I might. Well, when we say, right, when we say next year, next year is right around the corner. True, it's kind of scary how quickly November came and went. Yeah, true. But as, as I've as I've said. Uh, Probably pre prior to the show, yeah. The, the end of the year always blazes by. Which, yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, next up, then we're also going to light uh, to discuss and probably lightly spoil Monarch, the Apple TV Plus show by the legend from Legendary Studios, the 
the American Godzilla movie people and King Kong movie people. And I'm enjoying these episodes of Monarch so far. I think the cast is winning. I think the cast is very good. Mm -hmm. The actors are very good and the writing is very good. And I know that people will be disappointed because there's not nearly as much monster fighting as, you know, might be teased in, you know, most Godzilla movies. But Mm. I like that, you know, as long as you know that the premise is basically the history of Monarch. That's just the basic premise of it. And that's not exactly the story. Right. But it's the history of Monarch. And, you know, it's told through the eyes of several characters. And I, it's, you know, without spoiling it, um, basically characters who are descendants and direct contributors to the history of Monarch. Mm-hmm. It's their story. Right. And, you know, I just think that the 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 way it's you know the way the story is being told it's accentuated by the skill of the actors and the and the excellent writing and you know that's all that's that that's high praise for a sci-fi monster show one that is on apple tv or a or right. strictly on a streaming service i should say not just it's not just apple tv because you know right yeah, like Amazon's got the budget. Apple TV's probably got got a fairly decent budget, but they're still kind of beholden to. It's like, well, they only got so much, and there's a, you know only so much you're going to be able to do with you know. Right. Despite you might have a little bit more money than putting it out other ways. So, a little bit more money than Peacock, but yes, yeah. You know. Indeed, indeed. But um, that being said, on that, yeah. So I I, I agree with Agent Seventy on that, and I'm just going to add that I don't know if you felt this, especially in uh, what was it episode? Was it episode? It was episode three or two. I can't remember because it's all blend, blends together at this point. Um, there was a certain well, yeah. Describe it. I'll, I'll see if I can remember. There is a certain part where there is a test being done ag- against the wishes of. Uh, you know, the, the scientists. And from that test, something comes, something does some, someone or something does show up, but they didn't play the music. And I was kind of bummed by that. So I don't, I don't know if you, uh, remember that part or not. That had to be episode two. Yeah, I, it looks like it's, it's blended together. Uh, because yeah, because three was yeah them coming across the older, the, the older right. version of the right. one of the characters. But so that's another thing that's actually kind of fun. That I want to kind of mention real quick. So or, sorry, were you gonna say something? Oh no no, go ahead. Oh, so the basically the the basically the basic uh, let's see the. Um, I mean, people know this already. So you have the same character being played by two different people. That is the younger and the version, uh, the younger and the older version of the character played by uh, Kurt and, and Wyatt Russell. The The funny part about that is to me, because especially from that first episode was that you could, it almost feels like Wyatt is, was really trying to channel his dad when he was speaking, uh, especially first off. And that thing that, that kind of tickled me. And, you know, when, Spoiler alert! Like I said, when Kurt, when the old, when Kurt Russell uh, appeared, uh, comes in, 
you he kind of seems like an older version of one of his other characters, such as like Jack Burton. Sure, <laughs> from, from sure, like sure. sure. I, I got that. I definitely got that. So it was kind of so it was kind of funny to see. It feels like they both were kind of channeling that character just a, just a smidge. Yeah, just a little. And the uh, the main um, the main young lady who is attached, which the, all of this is kind of like as Agent Seventy says, like yeah, this we're seeing kind of sort of the history of Monarch through the through the the lens of this character, and then some, you know, uh, the, um, a newer generation of a character that we saw in the movies, which we actually we did see, actually see that character uh, in the beginning of the first episode. My thing was, why couldn't it have been Sarazara as opposed to this character who pretty much, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Kong Island, that's pretty much where they came and went. But but that is the character they're kind of um, focusing on in in a a sense. So I was like, I want to see Sarah. Now, we did get a name drop of Sarazara, so that's good. So I don't think I don't think Kim Watanabe is going to show up in this show. But it'd be right. cool if he had, or if say the 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 people that this show was around was focused on them as, as opposed to uh, this other dude who had dude who had to go back and remember, you know, <laughs> outside of seeing the uh, the original version or a, a version of the original uh, character in the beginning of the show, it's like oh right that dude. So, but it still all makes sense, and it's still a great show to watch. And I know, like Agent Seventy says, like yeah, people are kind of like. Uh, wanting to get to the to the big stuff and whatnot, but what we've got so far, I feel like needed to be answered, or at least started to be answered, because we're still not getting a couple of answers as far as Monarch is concerned. But I feel like we will get there by the time these ten episodes get uh, played out, um, because that was kind of the whole running thing through those runs of movies. It's like, okay, we have Monarch here, but who the hell are why they're around, you know? And we're kind of sort of getting that here. But I've been enjoying it. Um, oh, no, it's fun. I yeah. enjoy it. You know, I'm looking forward to watching this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same. And shout out to Milk Fed Criminals, which is um, uh, uh, Matt Fraction and Kelly um production company uh, who, who are doing this. Because, you know, I don't think I remember they were behind this, uh, especially with uh, Fraction getting a, a producer credit here. And as I told Agent 70, I think he possibly did a cameo in the first episode because I, I swear to goodness that looked like him <laughs> in one scene. So I was like, all right, shout to him because he's been kind of really low pro, low low profile for a while now, uh, especially on the comic book writing side. Because he's been busy doing this stuff. Right. Um, so, and, and I know they've had a couple of projects that they've been trying to kind of get off the ground. This is, I guess, one of the ones that, are, that have actually made through um, but like I said, it's good to see, you know, and good to see him if that was a deed here, which I, I, I am believing it was put it that way. So if you have Apple TV plus or some other means to check out the show and you're interested in the whole monarch verse or, or as some call it the monster verse, uh, you should definitely check it out. It, it's a not bad show and shout out to the young lady who's, who's the star of the show because she's getting more action, more shine here than she did in fast nine. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was like, wait, I follow her already. I was just checking. I'm like, wait, I follow her already on Instagram, probably mm-hmm. from Fast Nine. Mm-hmm. 
And I need to catch up. Like uh, I actually read uh, the novel Pachinko recently, and she is uh, an actress in the adaptation on Apple TV Plus. So I, I I need to circle back to that. Gotcha. There's actually a couple of things I want to circle, circle about too while I still have Apple TV Plus uh, that I want to check out. But um, and that probably won't be for another that's like a whole another month or so that I still have this. Um, but yeah, there's actually a couple of things that I, I'm, I'm probably going to check out. But um, like I said, shout out to Doe, shout out to the Russells, shout out to um, Tracy Clemens who hadn't seen in a minute, or excuse me, uh, Iris West. <laughs> who? Oh, is that who that was? Mm-hmm. I knew she looked familiar. Mm-hmm. So, which is actually the the uh, the funnier thing about this show because as I was watching it, it was like, you know what? They have pulled a lot of MCU slash uh, DC folks. Well, not a lot of DC folks, but like obviously Kurt and White Russell, you know, have had some DCU uh, time. But in the other movies, like um, Kong Island, time. huh? Is that DCU time? Well, DC, I mean, like I said, Kirstie Clemens is probably the only one I could think of that that is even remotely, and I think her stuff got mostly got cut out of uh, that movie. Right. So, uh, she's like the closest one that I could think of. And I mean, mm-hmm. and we're not counting Old Girl from Fast 9, but, you know, she's close enough. Right. But the uh, the but the movies had like Sam Jackson, Brie Larson, and um, Tom Hiddleston all in one movie. Right. So, you know... It, it, it's, it's kind of funny how they've managed to pull some folks, <laughs> some pull some folks one way or the other. But anyway, good stuff, like so, y'all. So we're gonna because, um, like I said, if you get a chance to check it out, check it out. Those three letters might be of good service to you if you got them. Absolutely, exactly, and you know what we're talking about, folks. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're gonna push over into the comic books of the week. Well, excuse me, of the last two weeks. Yes, two weeks worth of comics, folks. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Oh, shout out to Binge Games too. I didn't see you uh, 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 there in the chat. What's going on, good sir? Glad to see you. How you doing? Um, we're back. Get ready for two weeks worth of comics. That's right. That's right. And we're going to start off with last week's books with. Oh, let me pull up. Um, I forgot something. Uh, Immortal X-Men number 17. Immortal X-Men number 17 is written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Juan Jose Rip, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So, this is essentially, essentially a direct follow-up to the Jean Grey limited series. Now, did you finish reading the Jean Grey I limited did. series by <laughs> one of our favorites, Weezy Simonson? Yep, I did. And that's why I wanted you to, to, to like wanted, wanted you to uh hit up Immortal. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So um there's obviously more than just Gene's story being followed here. You know, we've got like the parallel track of what's going on with Charles Xavier on the remains of Krakoa and what's going on with Gene and the and, and the X-Men and, and no the Krakoan refugees that are now stranded in, you know, it's kind of a spoiler to say where they are, but I think it's been revealed in, in like a few issues already. Uh, definitely in, at the end of Jean Grey's and I think, uh, 16. Yeah. I think they, they, they probably right. put that together. Yeah. All right. So just in case you're behind, I still won't drop it, but if you are familiar with Phoenix, the, the canon of the Phoenix story, 
you'll recognize this right away. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Roddy Cat and I are familiar with it, it took us a hot second, just a, you know, a quick mm-hmm. second, just to think, oh, oh, that sounds familiar. Let's go Google that. You know, I, I don't know if that was intentional, but a hot second that was pretty good though. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was it. Was it was purely accidental, but it's a nice coincidence. So, uh, as I said. We're following uh, uh, Professor Xavier Ankakoa, also tying in elements from the Sins of Sinister storyline. And I wanted to hand it off to you here because I remember you did not keep up with all the Sins of Sinister stuff. I found it hard to keep up with it. I found myself stopping. I, you know, I kind of stopped caring about a lot of it. So when I was reading this, I was like, okay, I see how it all ties together again. So I remember enough about that because, yeah, just like you, I kind of did a similar thing. Like I was reading it at first and then I was like, all right, this is a Disney news, but I never did finish any of them. So this character that ends up being taking a turn, a probably not surprising turn at some point. um, Right kind of is is intertwined with this stuff and the Jean Grey miniseries that just ended um, along with, you know, the, the Krakoans, like Agent 70 said. So I was like, okay. So basically this episode, this uh, issue's got a couple of, uh, I guess like a couple of leftover revelations because the revelations started in 16 and uh, in, in, in Mortal X-Men 16 and then there's a couple of more here to kind of like, all right, here, just in case just, just in case you didn't, you know, get the blanks filled in, then here's the rest of it. So, yeah, we find out the whole, um, uh, eg- the whole Xavier thing, what was going on with uh, him on uh, Krakoa, like the the refugees, all of that starts blending that blending together, um, and who maybe um, is making the grand play here? I guess you could say. Uh, right. It happens to be that uh, it may possibly be that, uh, or it looks to be that character from Sins of Senator, which, like I said, right. kind of makes some sense. But I feel right. like and we see how, right, and we see how, and what I appreciated about what Kieran Gillen did in this issue is that he had Sinister explain and refresh our memory as to how all these characters fit together. Mm. These characters that were introduced as part of Sins of Sinister. Yes. I appreciated that because I was like, Oh yeah, okay. Right. It's almost as if they say it was like nobody's going to remember all that. That was a there was a lot happening in the and you know even though it yeah. wasn't that long ago, <laughs> there's right. a lot happening. Right. A lot has happened since. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that was great to to uh, to uh, have that be put out there like that. Very um, helpful. Yeah. So it seems like you know uh, Xavier's taking a trip with with Sinister in his brain, which that gets kind of explained in here also. And, um, you know, we're kind of bringing right. things to a place, put it that way, to a couple of places at that. Right. And, and, and a line from the message, uh, you know, rings very, very, uh, very, very, uh, very clearly in your mind. Cause I said it as soon as I read it, mm. you know? Oh, the one you mentioned earlier. Yeah. 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 A, a bit about some, some broken glass. Yes. I was also thinking, you know, only destroy. Well, that's a different, that's a different song though. So never mind. <laughs> but still applies. Still right, applies. right, 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 right. 
Uh, that being said, we are going to go into, uh, let's see what we're going to do next. Amazing Spider-Man number 38. So Amazing Spider-Man number 38 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by Ed McGinnis. Inks are by Mark Farmer, Wade Von Grawbadger, and Ed McGinnis. There are sequences that uh, tie into the upcoming or now current gang war story. And the art for that is by Emilio Laizo. And colors are by on that section are by Eric Arseniega. Colors on the main book are by Marcio Meniz. And letters are by VCs Joe, our favorite lettering paisan, Caramagna. So kind of what I just described is the breakdown of this story. There is a very large section of the book dedicated to finally dealing with the limbo, the, the rest of the limbo story that Spidey's kind of touching on, if only tangentially, right? Mm-hmm. That's what is the bulk of the story. I'd rather not talk about rec rap. I'd rather not <laughs> deal with these characters. There's one reveal that I talked about with Roddy Cat that I was very interested to see. Cause I was like, oh, so that's what happened to that character. Right. I, I could not remember for the life of me what happened to that character. It was probably something that happened very quickly, kind of off to the, you know, like a, as, a, as an aside. There's no way you remember it unless you're really reading it and like taking notes. Right. So I, I kind of appreciated, you know, that, that callback. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm honestly very much hoping that Zeb Wells gets off Spidey very soon. But that may not happen for a while. No, he's no with this gang war stuff. He's going to be on Spidey for a good while now. Right, 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 right. And mm-hmm. and when we talk about uh, the first opening gang war issue, I'm also gonna like bring up some some issues I got with Zeb Wells. But you know, at the end of the day, I see you know I understand, right? Spidey is every writer's punching bag, right? That's the that that you know it's like how much hell can you put Peter Parker through, right? So that no, I get that, I get that. But in any event, you know, just just circling back to this, do you have anything to add on the main story? So I was just going to say it's 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 as if this whole this last couple of issues were pretty much a filler arc, uh, an anime filler arc, dealing with the whole uh, anime stuff, and they're just like cleaning that up so we can get into the meat of things, to get going into the get going into game war. I guess, I guess. I don't necessarily see this filler because that, uh, whatchamacallit, that dark web stuff was long. Yeah, that I feel like to me that doesn't make it any less filler though because I don't see anything That's that true. came out of there outside of this and even this wasn't all that, you know, right. whatever. I mean, what we got was Limbo having like a consulate. Sure. You know? Sure, and however long that lasts. But the whole, the whole rec rap thing and repo, which... That was so, I feel like that should have been so obvious, but at the same time, like, just like Age of Seven, it's like, okay, I wasn't thinking nothing about that dude. We knew something happened, but whatever, whatever. But that was like, okay, that's a little on the nose. Right. So I was, so at the same time, I was like, oh, but also I was kind of upset about that. I'm like, that's a little too on the nose, and I should have caught that, but at the same time, like, this stupid. Because <laughs> yeah. I was honestly thinking, I was like, wait, is that like the Rose or something? And it's just, he was in hell or something. I'm like, no, nah, it's just that dude. I'm like, oh. Oh, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> so what did you think of what was happening in the gang war stuff in this issue? I feel like I was I, like they did that. I'm like they did that to Nefaria. What? Yeah. Well, and and uh, we will probably get a little bit more on that as this thing goes by. But I'm like, hmm, that's that's interesting. But well, actually, yeah, Nefaria and uh, Silvermane uh, kind of right. got it as a. Uh, only because right, I only mention it because I'm like, wait, I'm gonna have to pull out my um, my 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 Ohatmu here because I thought Nefaria was a lot more powerful than that. Has he been depowered recently? I feel like Nefaria hasn't been Nefaria since like the last time he was in West Coast Avengers or something, or even, okay. or in Avengers or something. But I don't, I I can't say that for certain. Right. Um, right. But obviously, right. I can't. No. I can't say I'm a Count Nefaria expert. So right, same. At the end of but, the day, right. At the end of the day, I'd have to. I'd have to look into that. Right. Um. And I'm not saying. Yeah, it's not like he's like Hyperion or Superman or something like that. But you, we know he was. You know, had uh, stronger than average like power or things going about him. It was the whole matter math thing, which we'll definitely get into a little bit more when uh uh, uh in this week's books. If it was something right. But yeah, that whole thing was like, okay, so is this over so opening salvo this whole thing? No, that was just like, oh, we just set it up like this, and then we're just getting them out of the way, right? Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Because you know, and, and we're gonna you know lead into this week's gang war book. So um, I guess we can transition that way. Oh, well, we start, yeah, we can definitely start getting in that way. The only thing I was, was going to say was like, yeah. The, this book was pretty much like paving the way for the for the first strike book and putting some pieces yep. in the place that's going to affect that book more than this. So yep, 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 yep. So, uh, so what, did you want to uh, rapid fire last week's books now? No, or we'll, we'll do the we'll do all the rapid later. fire. Yeah, later we'll get to the. Sounds good to me. All right, so we will transition now into this week's books that we have in common. Of course, I got to use the Spidey music. Uh, you want to lead with Gang War since we, oh, yes. that's where we are right now? Mm-hmm. So Amazing Spider-Man Gang War First Strike number one is written by Zeb Wells and Cody Ziegler, our favorites. With art by, I say that with so much sarcasm. <laughs> with art by Joey Vasquez with Julian Shaw, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by our favorite lettering, Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So when... This book's subtitle, First Strike, when I read that, I was like, well, obviously, there is, you know, a first blood drawn in most wars. Mm -hmm. Now, was it who I thought it was going to be? A little. Really? But I loved, I loved, I had a feeling it was going to be uh I don't want to spoil it. It was going to be uh uh that particular friend of Peter Parker's. I had a feeling. Yeah, I mean I can see it, but I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, but yeah, I could I could see what I that had happened. I had a yeah. feeling. The character I did not expect was the one boss, the one criminal boss. Hmm. I did not expect that right away. I was like, "Oh, snap." I thought that was a nice twist. Right. I thought that was very well done. You know, I, I hate to give Wells and Ziegler any credit, but I like that twist. 
Well, see, part of me was like, given the end of what we just discussed with uh, uh, Amazing uh, Spider-Man 38, uh, there was someone else that we never got to see that was behind things. So I kind of figured, right. I was like, well, that's not the end of this, and we're going to see that person again in here, which we don't, That I, as far as I know. Right. Um, so I was like, I don't know if, because, and the person that the Age of 70 is talking about was working with or slash for those other two people that we mentioned. So right. it was kind of a wonder whether it was like, okay, so is what seems to be going on here the case, or is there... Or this other mystery person that came in at the end of the other issue is going to make their play here. Um, well, somebody did make a play here. Definitely, there's been yeah. there's a couple of different plays that were, that was going to end. As Agent Seventy said, there was some blood shared by a character. I, you could, I like he saw more than I did, but it was like, yeah, you could see it. But I sort of didn't think they were actually going to do it type situation. But also, not the first time. Um, him or a relative of his kind of got in a in the crossfire of such things. Right. Right. So it makes sense, especially with what, what is how much noise this character has been making in this book with what they've been doing. So for in that respect, I could definitely see them like, yeah, they're clearly going to do something or, you know, they're going to do something, but Spidey's going to save the day or it's something that's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. But no, it's like, nope, a thing happened, folks. Yep. A couple of things yep. happened in the, a uh, couple of things happened in this book uh, that pretty much started off. I don't know if you could put it into the, into some opera like uh, like a um, like a Godfather situation, but there are some some moves been made, some plays been made, and and uh, as someone asked, which we knew was going to be the case, why is Shang Chi here? I still ask that question. Yeah, yeah. Despite knowing, like, oh right, he's ahead of the 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 the, the, the five weapons. So sure, they're. But also, it was like, okay, they just kind of threw it in. It was like, oh, yeah, we got five weapons business here, so we're going to do that. I'm like, I don't know if that needed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, you know, I I, I feel like Shang-Chi is always going to find himself saying this. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, you know, I kind of conveniently forgot about the Five Weapons Society being based in Manhattan. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, right." I did. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was, you know, like I was kind of glad to see like that group that's in uh, that that was uh, in 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 that part of Chinatown that's been in Moon Knight be involved mm-hmm. i appreciated that i was like oh, okay good a little synergy there right like that but yeah, i right. thought about a weapon society right exactly because like all the whole time where they've been setting up game war we, we saw nothing until just was like hey haha how you doing but also right. in a similar fashion um this book kind of says i was like okay well i guess we see what she hopes she hopes going to have in the do because there was just a just a throwaway panel uh on a page of things kind of happening and it was like because we knew ahead of this who was going to be involved. So right. the Spideys make sense. You know, uh, Spidey and Peter make sense because it's, it's there. You know, Luke Cage makes sense. He's the mayor. Um, like I said, the whole Shang-Chi thing was kind of weird. Um, I think Moon Knight's probably going to show up at some point. I can't remember if that's if that was actually the case or not, but I think that is the case. Well, you read the Luke Cage book, right? I did read the Luke Cage book, yes. 
Right, so you saw there's two kind of historically Spidey connected characters that show up. Yes. Yes. So, you know, they're not they're, they're not exactly advertised in any of the you know, they don't actually have any books. They're not headlining any of the books, but they're right. gonna be involved. Right. You know? So which I think uh, came um, up in a poster. They showed up in a poster, so But did they? Okay. I think so. I think so. And that one gotcha, poster gotcha. of all of them together with the the bats and stuff, and like I said, but but She Hulk being the, being there that was kind of a mystery. But it, like I said, there's a panel that might explain that, but we still it's kind of like Shang Chi is like, why, what, huh? Right, 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 right. So that being said, you know, first strike. Hey, if you're if you've been keeping track of uh, Amazing Spider Man and you know the lead up to this whole Game War stuff, you will find something there. Right. Yeah, that's all. So we can actually we can actually talk about the the gang war issues that we read. Um, I did read that Luke Cage one, so if you wanted to hit that real quick, yeah, sure, why not? Um, that's from this week. because we do have that in common. I just don't have it on my list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let me pull up the cover for that. We can do that. Because I was just going to save that for for uh, what's oh, for it? But it makes sense though, it, because just yeah. not have to worry. Because I'll it talk again. about I'll talk about the Spider Woman one. Uh, you know, just to, just in very brief terms. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I'll, but just to keep them all grouped together. Okay. Well, while you do, I will since I got it up here. Uh, unless you have the credits for Luke Cage. For Luke Cage, I do not. Go ahead. Okay, I got it. Okay, so yeah, um, Gang War Luke Cage number one is written by Rodney Barnes, uh, with art by Ramon E. Box, um, colors by Andrew Dollhouse, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, so yeah, so this, so I don't, was there a checklist for gang war? I don't remember seeing one. There is, there is a reading list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I can't, I feel like we read this in the, the order that was probably intentioned, tended to with, uh, Luke Cage coming after the, both of the, the amazing Spider-Man books. Right. But, right. Because but November 2023 has a, a, a Gang War First Strike, Luke Cage, okay. and Spider-Woman. Okay, so yeah. So, so that's so, okay, good. But it doesn't seem like those are connected as directly as you would want to believe they should be. Right. Although Luke Cage has been showing up in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, so that's not saying, and, and he has been, he has been in there, so it's not out of the ordinary that he would be showing up here, and plus he's the mayor of New York anyway. So right. it, so it's not like saying it's like well it's like it's got to be like a one to one direction. It's like no, he's he's here because this is his thing. But basically, Luke's like, uh, and I'm trying to figure out when this takes place because a certain person uh, in the the uh, a Spidey side character shows up, and I can't remember if this is or it doesn't seem to connect as to being um, before or after uh, the first strike book. Right, 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 right. It seems like it's well. If there's one thing that's weird, there's a there's a Spidey supporting character. It's just Jay Jonah, right? I'm like, wait, why is Jay Jonah acting like that? Did the editor not tell Rodney Barnes? You know, yeah, or they just needed old Jay Jonah for for this for a little, reason. yeah, just just for that, right? Right, just for that, right. But I I, I kind of bumped on that. So, yeah. no, I get it. I get that. Yeah, because it kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of messed me with me for a second. But it was like, yeah, okay, they just needed him to be old, jo- old Jonah for a minute. 
So, right. okay, so there's the one, right. So, so obviously this is a highlight on Luke Cage's uh, activities during this whole gang war thing. There's one I, I I bumped on Jonah, and I also bumped on a new Marvel Legend figure for Luke Cage. I was like, <laughs> what kind of terrible costume design is this? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I'm not feeling it too, but also, but I can also understand why he has that one because I saw right. another version of that suit and it was like, why does he need armor for? He's bulletproof. But this, but also this article, I mean, this book kind of mentions they don't even go into that, but you know why why he could right. wear some given something that happened. Why in the book. he should wear something very different from his usual attire? Correct. That's Especially, really what 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 it comes down to. But I got to I, I was looking at, it, I was like, ooh. But, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's function over form. I mean, it's function over over fashion, basically. Um, over no fashion, over well, bad yes, fashion. Geez. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, for those who do, don't know, uh, like I said, Luke Cage is the, the mayor of New York. The previous mayor, who was the kingpin, um, put a law in place to where there should be no, there are no superheroes uh, active in um, uh, in uh, New York City. That's the sh- the short straw of it, and Luke being the mayor can't really do much about it unless it gets voted out, and that's what they've been kind of trying to do, and that's what uh, a certain other character's kind of been, been trying to jump drum up support for uh, in the pages right. of Amazing Spider Man. But this is Luke Cage, who you know, who is a you know street level hero, but a hero nonetheless, and they even you know evoked the name Heroes for Hire in his when he was talking to uh, his boy Danny Rand, the the, the former Iron Fist. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I got so annoyed reading that. I was like, "Stupid Swordmaster." Anyway, yeah, yeah, that should have been pipe. But, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so this, so this pretty much issue is Luke trying to deal with the fact that was like, well, this law is still in place, but he still wants to do more, you know, do stuff for the city, and gets kind of hemmed up by that law. Although the way he got hemmed up, I'm sitting here like. I could make you eat that gun, dude. <laughs> I one, I'm the yeah. American. I have you fired, and two, I can make you eat that thing for pointing it at me. But it's just, it's silly, right? It's so we silly. pretty, so we pretty much, and I think I, the only other reason why I'm thinking this may or may not be after the first strike is because of the last page of the last page of first strike, uh, Spider Man pretty much says, "Hey, I need to, get, I need to get a team together." Now, I right. don't know if that's what brought this book in, I mean, brought this up or whether that was a thing that was happening in, you know, in conjunction with, because like I said, we don't know when this book is happening in relation to First Strike. We just know things have just popped off in both books. Right, 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 right. Anyway, all right, so the other first, uh, the other Gang War book that came out this week was Spider-Woman number one. It's written by Steve Fox with art by Carola Borelli. Colors by Arif Prianto and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. There are two things of note in this issue. One is that Spider Woman has been tasked with dealing with like a particular character that we have become familiar with through the Luke Cage, more familiar with through the Luke Cage Netflix series. And two, the ongoing mystery as to a former very prominent supporting character in the Spider-Woman books is still ongoing. And I'll leave it at that. Yes. 
Which brings me back to something I probably have said before, but I kind of hate when there are new books wrapped up in events. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's it's good and or bad enough that they they that they kind of go through books that you're reading, whether you're interested in that event or not. But right. books coming out of events, like granted, we've seen apparently Savage Avengers saw great of um, effect from that that nobody was asking for, and that Star Wars Bounty Hunters book, but you know. Um, but Spider-Woman, who we know is going to be a, a part of this, uh, I feel like, and granted, I only, as I just have know, I only kind of had a chance to kind of like glance through the book real big. So I know, uh, you know, uh, right. Which is why I kept things very, very spoiler light. Right. So it's like, okay, so I see this and if we already knew she had one agenda going for her, uh, that she, that she dressed in the beginning of this. I was like, okay, but seem the, the two don't seem together is what brings me to this or my, my problem with it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. having her in here. Great. Having her for gang war. Sure. Okay. But she's got this other thing she's trying to do that has seemingly nothing to do with this, unless they're trying to tie that into it some kind of way, which they probably are. And that's kind of upsetting. Yeah. I, I, I feel like what, wasn't there like a limited series or, or was, was she in a limited series because of, uh, end of the Spider Verse. Is that what it was? She was. Is that in, where? In the, yeah, she was in End of the Spider Verse. Right, and that's where all this stuff came about, right? Or just after that? It was after that. After that, because matter of fact, yeah, because last time we saw her prior to this was in like the the in like Amazing Spider Man uh, setting this up. Right. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. That being said, hey, I, I'm I'm glad Justice got another book for as long as it it lasts, you know. Um, yep. But we'll see how this work all works out. It's not Carla Pacheco, uh, as as we have said. So you know, the, some some of the fun of that book is is probably may or may not be uh, here. But like I said, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. All right. What else do we have in common from this week? Uh, what did we say? Oh, oh, last book, I guess. Well, uh, technically, the last book we said we were going to do before we get hit rapid was uh, X-Men Blue Origins number one. Yes. Yeah, that's why I said blue. Okay. Yeah. X-Men Blue Origins number one is written by Cy Spurrier with art by Wilton Santos with Oren Jr. Inks and Marcus Toe. Uh, col- uh, colors by, I'm just fixing a typo in uh, the credits. Colors by C.C. De La Cruz and letters by our favorite lettering paisan, V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. So if you thought Mystique was limited in what she could transform into, you were sorely, sorely, sorely mistaken. That is the crux. That is the fulcrum on which this story turns. And something that we thought we understood is for whatever reason actually clarified even further right retconned away as this has been you know uh kind of a, a an adventure into the origins of one fuzzy blue elf and one very blue woman with um uh, and a, a very annoying blind precog lover <laughs> The hate. The hate. 
I'm a little under the weather. Folks can hear it in my voice. I've got, oh. you know, a, a lozenge in my throat. I can still spew the vitriol when it comes to this particular character. Yes. So uh, to, to, to bring it on home really quick, uh, if you've been reading Uncanny uh, Spider-Man uh, and uh, which X-Men book was it? Was it a murder? I can't remember. But basically, basically this book catches up to everything that happened to uh, Mystique uh, since the the Hellfire Gala uh, and her showing up in uh, Uncanny Spider-Man number one. In fact, the, the last issue of Uncanny Spider-Man kind of ends with saying, well, close to the end, they're saying, hey, and they do talk in this book. Right. So, and right before that, uh, before it goes back into where that book is going. So there is, so if you have read that particular issue, you will see some familiar, um, some familiar text out of that going into this, but yeah, basically Nightcrawler's, uh, um, already slightly convoluted backstory, uh, has, as agent seven said, been retconned very much more. This book was built as a major, um, a major change to his, to his origin, uh that remains to be i mean is and isn't but right as all but it's a modification more than anything right it's not a big change it's just a modification right it's it's more of a bigger change to mystique than nightcrawler's part in this um right as as agent 70 said so it's like okay i i I get the Nightcrawler part of this because I thought they were just going to be like, okay, no, you actually, no, <laughs> you're not, but you are, you know, actually, well, I guess that was kind of the case. Um, so, yeah, his his origin's already kind of weirder as it is, but they're just kind of packing things up a little bit more and tying them to uh, Mystique and Destiny, put it that way. That's kind of a spoiler, but kind of not, but you don't know what way that is until you read this book. And that's pretty much how, what this is. This is actually weird enough a potential click of the week for me because I, I went I wasn't expecting that to be the case because I was like, yeah, like eight to seven said, we kind of knew a lot of this already if you've kept up with Nightcrawler's origin as as you know silly as it is, but it's also X Men and slash comics. But you know, um, how this is going to affect his other sibling, kind of sibling, right? I don't know if that changes much because they kind of brushed on that for like five seconds, uh, before, before coming out of the end of this. So it doesn't seem like that changes much, but they just focused on mystique and her, I guess her potential, um, uh, status, mutant status, I guess. Cause they did drop the, the whole, I mean, they kind of dropped the fact that she could be approaching a mega level, even with her abilities in here. Right. So I guess that is a new thing for her, if that being the case, and, and like I said, the revelations that happen in here, in, in here with what she can do with herself, which I think they kind of teased in either Uncanny Spider-Man. Actually, I think they did in, in that last Uncanny Spider-Man uh, uh, book. So, yeah, I don't know. Wait, is this a book or is this just this one shot? Because I don't, I don't know if I, I caught that part. I think this is a, I think this is a one shot coming out of that. Uh, Uncanny Spider-Man book. Okay, because yeah, it didn't seem like there was anything else that could actually come from this. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Now, granted, could they have put all of this in that book? Yes. Could they? Yeah. Have, 
could they have gotten a four ninety nine that they wanted to get, or the, the three or the four ninety nine that they wanted to get out of this for that? Maybe, maybe uh, not. Uh, and I know that's a that's a that's a kind of a, a crass way of saying it, but let's face it, that's kind of feel like even though it was it was interesting read, but I'm like, yeah, I feel like that this could have been done in that book, right? That being right, right. said. Um, I think we are done with the stuff we have um, uh, together in this. Yeah, I think it's time to spin up the rapid fire review Hit it. Uh, minigun and get things rolling. Here we go. I ain't got time to bleed. All right, so I only have one more book from last week. That is Nightwing number 108. It's written by Tom Taylor, with art by Stephen Byrne, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. I'm only going to focus on the main story, that being a kind of a kind of a coming together, finally coming together between uh, Nightwing's former girlfriend slash you know slash very much a main squeeze when he was acting under the influence of a bullet in his brain. Uh, and the reveal that this character has a very detail, a, a very uh, secret past that is coming to light right now. So we're really learning about this character and how she relates to Nightwing now, as opposed to how she related to him way back when. So it's a pretty interesting read. Um, lots of uh, fun layouts. I know that... Uh, 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 Redondo is not doing the art on this one, but Stephen Byrne continues in that uh, fun layout uh, idea, you know, con- uh, putting in fun ideas for laying out pages. Um, you know, Nightwing is still a fun read. I think this is an, an important issue just to kind of refresh everyone's memory on this one character. And see how they're building up this character into a different status quo. Now we go into this week's books for me. First up is Titans Beast World number one of six. It's written by Tom Taylor with pencils by Ivan Rice, inks by Danny Mickey, colors by Brad Anderson, and letters by Wes Abbott. This is the first issue of this crossover miniseries, with this being the main miniseries of the book. Uh, in a mini series of the uh, of the crossover, I think it was pretty effective at telling a good story. I bumped on this one guest appearance of a character who I'd never seen before. I literally, I I quite literally, when I was reading this, quite literally said this very much, very much out loud. Here we go, looking for my. Sound effect now. Who? I said it out loud. Shout out to Jivan Hansu, right? But other than bumping on that, I thought it was a pretty good story. Next up is Captain America number three. It's written by J. Michael Straczynski, with art by Jesus Saiz and Lan Medina, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering Paisan. This is a candidate for click of the week for me for this week, because I'm really very much enjoying Straczynski's take on 
integrating elements of the MCU Captain America story into the 616 Marvel Comics origin of Captain America. I like it. There's a little bit of a supernatural twist to the enemy that he's facing. I don't know how comfortable I am with that, especially when dealing with Captain America stories, but it wouldn't be the first time, right? So, but I, I did very much like how this story uh, played out and where this is going. I was about to Next say, up, even, not even currently, if you think about that howling, uh, the cat, uh, the cat wolf that's out right now. <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next up, Ms. Marvel, the new mutant number four is written by Iman Volani and Sabir Pierzada. Art by Carlos Gomez and Adam Gorham. Colors by Eric Arseniega. And letters again by our favorite, lettering Paisan, VCs Joe Caramagna. This is the last issue of this Ms. Marvel miniseries. We're seeing lots of Ms. Marvel, though, in the X-Books. This issue, though, focuses on how she is dealing with, uh, you know, this, this particular um, group of Orcus operatives that are looking specifically for her. And uh, I like how it plays out. There is a little bit of a cap speech by Bruno. Um, you know, I'm not spoiling anything by it, but it's very much a cap-esque speech. So uh, when Roddy Cat gets around to it, he will recognize that right away. I did. Okay. And that's it for me. Alrighty then. Um, trying to clean out some thing that I just did. So hopefully that'll help. As I get into my books from my uh, books from last week, um, with oh, I, I confused my own thing. That's great. Wait, where is? Good work. I know, right? Wonderful. Yep. Okay, I'm right. Uh, Star Trek number, and I don't know why this thing keeps going back to last week, but that's fine. Star Trek number 14 uh, starts off my books with written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, art by Marcus Toe, uh, colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Clayton Cowles. That is, this is a potential click of the week for myself. I guess that probably is no surprise if you've been hanging around here long enough. But, um, so yeah, they have managed to make Harry Kim from Voyager badass, which is a thing that was not happening <laughs> when the show ah. was on the air. So it's a, it, they even say as much in this book, but basically there's a whole thing with, um, uh, trying to calm down some, ten, uh, Zinkethi, um, uh, well, basically, the, the Zinkethi are, are, I guess, becoming warp capable. I think they already were, but they're basically building up uh, more proper. And it seems like they may have gotten help by the Romulans, of, uh, to which we find out in the course of this issue, because uh, Cisco and a crew goes down to the Zinkethi homeworld and, uh, I guess, end up... Um, end up in a, not necessarily a contest of champions, but definitely in a uh, contest for the, let's say, the affections of uh, the, the Zinkethi uh, high priest. 
Like, who's going to gain the favor from this, as we find out? And what we found out is this Romulan uh, is quite formidable, uh, but I don't think there's someone we've ever met in any of uh, the shows before. So that is a whole thing. But this book still continues to be pretty good. Uh, next up is Void Rivals number six. Um, There we go. Uh, written by one Robert Kirkman, uh, with art by Lorenzo de Felici, uh, colors by Matthias Lopes or Lopez. I'm not sure which one that is, but letters by Russ Wooten. So, um, hmm. there's some things that happen that, that's going on here, but basically the main thing that pr- people probably care about at this point is that, um, yes, this is still bridging, uh, this is still a part of the Energon universe and there are some aspects of the Transformers universe that are still here. In fact, seeming to be made to be a little more closer to, uh, um, to let's just say the origins of the two warring factions that are in this, that are present in this book. Um, and also there's an escape that happens, but, uh, that uh that are folks that are trying to um that are trying to get under control because if the because there's a secret that our two main uh people have about their respective uh societies that uh the the powers that be don't want to get out but again in this uh in this issue another revelation might be coming to pass about both of their origins if if what they're seemingly to be setting up is the case. Uh, hence with what I just said about the uh, folks from the Transformers universe. So, and it sounds like there may be another trans, uh, Cybertronian might come into play, but one that I've never heard of before, but we shall see. But unfortunately, um, Void Rivals, the next issue of Void Rivals is not coming out until March. So that's going to be fun, waiting, trying to remember <laughs> what happened here then. Seriously? Yeah, that's what it said in the back of the book. Dang. Uh, because, and the reasoning was because uh, this month, uh, well, the next couple of books that are coming up are the G.I. Joe, the setting up the G.I. Joe stuff and Got uh, letting letting the Transformers stuff breathe a little bit more. So, yeah, so that is that is why they're giving before this book because it's pretty much done, I guess, <laughs> the heavenly lifting it was going to do <laughs> setting up the thing in the first place. So I guess that makes sense, but still. Um, Next up, though, uh, Star Wars Dark Droids uh, D-Squad number three. Excuse me. Uh, There we go. Sorry. Uh, Written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Salva Espin, color artist uh, Israel Silva, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So this is just continuing that whole uh, R2 is putting together a squad because he wants to try to save uh, 3PO from this whole corruption that Scourge is doing. Um, and R2 ends up with this motley crew that he has um, come across. Not necessarily a squad, but this motley crew of um, cyborgs and droids that he is, uh, that is uh, that he's come across and taking them to a, a Clone Wars place to meet an old crush of his, uh, who, and that reunion may be short lived as, um, the folks that are after, uh, R2 
and trying to quiet him from doing what he's trying to do uh, is after all of them and may have kind of cut that reunion short. But this is also, hey, R2 and them found out that they may have to go to Jabba's Palace. And if, uh, if you've been keeping up with other parts of Dark Droids, Jabba's Palace has already got problems from this uh, corrupt, corrupted set of droids. So, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Sensational She-Hulk number two is next. And I know Agent 70 is going to read this at some point, so I won't spoil too much about it. But uh, the main book is written by Rainbow Rowell. Uh, the second, the, the backup uh, story is um, written by Bobby Wilson with art by Andreas Genelette for the first uh, story and David Cutler for the second. And all of the colors, the, the color artistry is being done by D. Kuniff and the lettering by V.C. Jokaramania for the whole book. So the 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 first, uh, the, the main story is, and if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover. Um, the Hulk drops by, which we found out at the end of the last issue. So that's no, no surprise to Agent 70 anyway. Right. Uh, but he's dropping by for a reason that becomes clear because he thinks one thing and Jen knows nothing about it. But the reason why those folks are coming together comes very clear and has something to do with, uh, something that happened in the last volume of She-Hulk. Let's just say that has come back to play. Uh, and uh, the backup story has to do with uh, She-Hulk and one former uh, lover, love interest of hers, Wyatt Wingfoot. Yeah. Um, the flashback. Yeah, yeah. And of course, just like old times, you know, um, Wyatt and, and She-Hulk get into trouble with... Um, um, an old FF uh, uh, antagonist from another uh, uh, another dimension that kind of comes to cause some trouble. That gets uh, gets resolved in, in in a quite interesting way, I, I would say, for what normally would happen in one of uh, a book like this. And that's all I'll say about that. Uh, Avengers Inc. Number three, potential click of the week. For myself because I've still been loving this book uh, written by Al Ewing pencil by Leonard Kirk inks by Leonard Kirk and uh, Bellardino Bra- Bravo and color artist uh, Alex Sinclair with letters by VCs Corey Pettit so apparently uh, Agent 70 if he plans on reading this book may want to take note and it does say in this book that this takes place during Immortal Thor number one apparently okay um. So, and and Agent Seventy kind of knows part of this because I believe you do. You did read uh number uh, uh issue two. So, the executioner has died, and he was already dead. Right. This goes into solving that case, and you won't believe who is behind it and why. And really? All. Yes. Is it going to be a? Kinda, and it also may be seemingly seeming to tie into what is going on in Immortal Thor, possibly. Okay, yeah. interesting. Possibly, but I will let you read that for yourself. They even invoke the they evoke the words of an old Thor book for um a, a reason. 
But uh, yeah, and at the end of this book, some uh, I, I will say this part: some the rose gallery of a certain archer um, shows up uh, at the end of this book for a reason. That uh, that the uh, this that the uh, that this crew is uniquely qualified to take care of, I guess, and that I I'm on something that I totally forgot that happened. So yeah, uh, last book from last week for me is Uncanny uh, Spider-Man number four. There's actually if I pull up the thing here, there we go. Uh, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Lee Garbett. Uh, color artist Matt Miller and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Outside of possibly having the title for this week's uh, comic book chronicles in its pages, um, this pretty much goes the way of serving, uh, getting us to the previously talked about X Men Blue Origins in a way. Like he still got his own thing going on with book with uh, him and Sybil Sable. Civil uh, Saver kind of got their thing going on, but they're on opposite sides, and that is coming to a head in this because there are a couple of sudden but inevitable portrayals happening here that are going to uh, play out next uh, issue. Uh, there is one question that is in this book and that Blue Origins uh, X Men Blue Origins book that has still not been uh, answered. And that is who the hell are the little uh, Im- uh, imaginary furry devils that are on um, Nightcrawler's show orders. Right. So if you're looking for that, you're still not going to get that. Um, you done? You said you did your books for this week, right? Yep. All right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Saturday morning adventures continue. Uh, start off my books for this week. Go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, story by Eric Burnham, art by Sarah Meyer, letters by Egg Dukeshire, and colors by Luis Antonio Delgado. Which, yes, that is the order that, that they had that in the book. Somehow, weirdly enough, um, Shredder still can, trying to can, continue his plan about getting the sword, uh, a sword that he's trying to get made uh, out of this meteorite that he's uh, found, but. Uh, he needs someone to construct it, and he also needs um, this. Apparently, he finds out he needs this one sword hilt that is it can't be reproduced anymore. So he, uh, thanks to what is going on in New York at the time, which is about Christmas time, and a certain convention that they that there was had called SantaCon that apparently uh, New York was trying to outlaw here. Shredder came up with the plan of replacing one con for the other, but that other con seemed like it was the purge, but around Christmas time, as I put it in my notes. And of course, mm-hmm. the, the 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 turtles kind of catch wind of this and um, try to try to do something about it. Did they read and find out? Next up, James Bond. Uh, why do you keep going back? Um, James Bond 007 for King and Country number seven of seven, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by um, Alessio uh, Avalone, colors by Claudia uh, Gulani, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So, as I said, this is the last issue of this book, and this kind of um, you know ends this volume to the close. Vo- um, the whole premise was that if you've 
played Metal Gear Solid, some of this was, is going to be familiar with you. Um, nanotech, uh, um, a PMC pretty much um, uh, um, trying to take over the world, but, but one of Bond's former uh, cohorts who had already been burned and thought dead that he had come across during the course of this thing um, basically tries to take over uh, things and Bond uh, going to stop her uh, having, having, you know, found out that, uh, wow, she wasn't the person that he thought she was or something like that. But yeah, there, there is that. It's a pretty good read. Uh, there's a, so there is a, I, I know there is a new, um, volume coming up next month, actually. And I don't think, um, the same writer or creative team is going to be a part of this, but yeah, those books have been fun so far. Dark wing duck. Number 10. Oops. What happened there? You okay? Oh, just quick cough. Gotcha. Also, I forgot there's a book that uh, Agent 70 from last week that I, I both of us forgot to read, and there was the uh, Marvel Superheroes um, Secret Wars Battle oh. World book. Yeah, I was kind of th- thumbing through that, and um, I, there's a there's an interesting tidbit uh, in the first couple of pages. So I was like, oh man, I remember that. I see they they tried to evoke that. That's pretty good. Anyway. Um, Darkwing Duck number 10, script by Amanda Daybert, uh, art and colors by Carlo Lauro, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So this is uh, Darkwing's team up with the Justice Duck as they try to find, uh, to look for the missing uh, launch pad and his compass. Uh, they end up, uh, as I say in my notes, Darkwing Duck does the most shocking thing imaginable. And if you know anything about the character, you'll understand why this is shocking. He asks for help. So... Uh, which leads to, you know, the team coming to come together, but they're, you know, down in um, Atlantis or Ducklantis, as they call it, and pretty much wrap up things there. Uh, Darkwing, with the help of his friends, uh, going into whatever the book goes into next. So that was a cool read. Um, Static Shadows of Dakota, number seven of seven. There we go. Boop. Uh, written by Nicholas Draper Ivy and Vita Ayala, with art by Nicholas Draper Ivy and letters by Andrew Design. So yeah, this is the last issue of this book, which starts off with a flashback from from the past and the person who ends up being the big bad uh, of this whole thing, or of this whole um, arc, uh, which I guess was someone that. Uh, static met in the first issue and I totally forgot because it's been like months since all of that happened but uh, also there's a team up with um, Eben who's been an, uh, kind of a, an antagonist here in this ish, in this um, in this thing but they kind of come into an understanding coming out of this um, yeah. but uh, still a pretty decent read but if, if this one this seems like one of those uh, books that I've, if you have all seven books together, it's probably a better read that way. So, um, and I believe and that's technically it. There are a couple of other books that we didn't talk about that, but you know, in the interest of time, that is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Because we didn't talk about Invincible, which uh, Invincible Iron Man, which I did read, but that's you know, I feel like 
the next issue will be the although there was a couple of good things in the issue that was kind of funny but it was kind of one of those as interesting as uh as it is to watch <laughs> got it got it got it, got it, got it. Uh, type situations all happens. right so for last week mm-hmm. i think i'm gonna go with immortal x-men number 17 pretty good choice i mean yeah because there's a lot going on in that mm-hmm. yeah and some, for some threats come together Right, and for this week, I'll probably go with Captain America number three. Hmm. Okay. Um, why is it that I cannot find any of these covers? That's weird. Uh, anyway, okay, so there's Immortal, and there is Captain America for him. And for uh, Dirt, agent under, uh, excuse me, uh, PC and underscore Dirt, who I'm going to go ahead and count it for him anyway, because I don't think he did say. Uh, that was just a side note. Yeah, Star Trek number fourteen for him for last week. And that's the, pretty much the only one <laughs> that we're gonna we're gonna credit him for for this one. Um, I kind of almost want to go with him on that. But um, not entirely sure. I think I'm actually what I'm actually going to go with though is um, um, yeah, I'll go with Avengers Inc. for for Avengers Inc. number three for last week. And boy, I'm going to have a devil of a time trying to remember all of this stuff to put in the the, the notes. But um, for this week, we are going to go with excuse me. Um, I thought I already said actually, did not. Um, you know. It's it's kind of a toss up between uh, X Men Blue Origins number one and Amazing uh, Spider Man Gang War First Strike, and that is a right. weird thing to say, <laughs> given about how much Yang we just talked about both of those books. Um, uh, Gang War, yeah. Um, Amazing Spider Man Gang War First Strike is going to be the one that gets it, I guess. Because yeah, what happens in there? I need to I need to see what they're gonna, what how they're gonna handle that. And with that, folks, um, is it the end of the books? We're going to go into the news real quick, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. So place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today! Hello. And now we get into the news! (laughs) 
Cinematic news as we do about this time. Uh oh. Oh, I'll have to put that in for next week. That's gonna that's interesting. Um here we go. Miss Marvel, excuse me, uh, Iman Vellani reveals that Kamala Khan's mutant status almost didn't make the final cut in the Miss Marvel uh, TV series. Um, and that's what this article pretty much goes, but I will say this uh, quote from her saying, the hardest part was when we were filming it, Vellani explained. First of all, I couldn't keep it together. Um, every time Matt Lentz would say mutation, which still makes me giddy every time I say the word, I would just break. So... I'm pretty sure there's probably some some stuff. I'm not. She was on some podcast. Oh, excuse me. It was an interview with uh, the site's podcast, uh, comicbook.com. So yeah, there you go. You can read about, more about that uh, in the article. Next up. All righty. So Mon Vellani got out and uh, started talking about the lower box office receipts for the Marvels as it's gotten. It's you know it. it uh, Seems unlikely that the Marvels will make even a hundred million at the domestic box office at this point. Whether or not it makes up uh, its entire budget with worldwide, I think that's likely, but it's not going to make too much money. So ultimately, um, she's you know she's basically saying um, you know several different things. You know, it's not it's not all you know it doesn't really matter at the end of the day for her. It's uh, you know what's the point? That's for uh, Bob Iger head of Disney. Right. She was basically like, look, I did my thing. We had fun. And, and that was, that was the thing. So right. let, let the bean counters handle that, I guess. Uh, next up though, um, there was one comic book movie that Miss Marvel's, uh, Iman Vellani refuses to watch. And it's one that's probably not that big of a surprise to anyone. Um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Next up. Hello? No, I didn't. I was just looking at that. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse screenplay. Uh, you can... Uh, uh, all right, so I guess you can read uh, Across the Spider-Verse screenplay. It's available. Yeah, they put it online. Uh, uh, Lord and Miller put it online, which I like when they do, when, when, when folks do that, because sometimes people like to see that stuff. So Okay, yeah. next up. Uh, come on, here we go. You know there's hey. an art to making a perfect gingerbread house. And my grandma, she taught me when I was like your age. Yeah, well, your... my grandma taught me too. All right, let's get started. Oh, god damn it! I hate. That was you, okay? Yeah. Because I opened the next that out. Hold on a You're welcome. Yeah, I thought I. Anyway, it doesn't doesn't matter. That's weird that that should have happened. That should not have happened. Dave Filoni has been promoted to chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. So now he's got the keys to the kingdom. Uh, probably rightfully so. <laughs> uh, let's see. But yeah, he was talking to Vanity Fair and he opened up about his new job saying, uh, in the past and a lot of projects I would be brought into, uh, I would see it after it had already been developed a good uh, developed in good ways in his new roles is opened up to basically everything i it's opened up to basically everything that's going on uh when we're planning the future of what we're doing now i'm involved at the inception phase so the the feloni verse is real and actual now <laughs> next up there is a documentary about the infl- about the infamous 1978 
Star Wars Holiday Special. And now we have a release date. So um, it's going to arrive in December. So after it premiered at this year's South by Southwest Film Festival, A Disturbance in the Force will be released on digital and Blu-ray on December 5th. So this announcement comes on Life Day, a canonically Wookiee holiday in the Star Wars universe. It's also going to play in select theaters across the U.S., U.K., and Australia ahead of its home entertainment launch. Listen, I'm not exactly raring to go to watch this. So, you know, if you are, good for you. Yeah, It's actually I mean, a comical behind-the-scenes documentary. I mean, as as was the uh, holiday special so that that checks out um yeah i remember seeing that whole that thing i remember actually uh mark hamill said recently it was like uh, someone i think it was asked what's the best thing about the holiday special he was like the end credits there it is yeah so that that tells you enough and he was there in it um doctor who shakes up writer's payment after disney plus boards uh bbc uh sci-fi series so yeah, as folks know, the uh, Doctor Who is going to end, is going to be on Disney Plus uh, fairly soon, actually. Um, um, and the back the the catalogs have already been out there on other places, but it's coming to Disney Plus here in the states, uh, which is, is is which is the thing. And apparently, um, let's see, Dell understands the Doctor Who writers' contracts were deals were struck prior to the WGA resolution, which came two months ago. Uh, residuals were a key sticking point in those negotiations between WGA and the AMPTP uh, and the guild's eventual deal included increased streaming residuals and viewership based streaming bonuses and this kind of this article kind of goes on with uh, with that um, and I won't uh, because there's a, there's a little bit to it but yeah next up so DC Studios has cast actress Maria Gabriella DeFaria as authority member Angelica Speaker Speaker, aka the engineer in James Gunn's Superman Legacy. So the engineer is not necessarily going to be the villain, but if you're familiar with the authority and how they interact with Superman when they finally merge the Wildstorm and DC universe, you kind of get an idea that might be antagonistic with each other. Okay, sure. I'm not, I don't know much about the authority, so sure. Max announces removal of 10 DC superhero animated movies. Probably as, as I've watched this, looked at this list, half of which most of you above a certain age is not watching because there's a lot of the Lego stuff and the DC superheroes girls uh, stuff and uh, apparently a Teen Titans Go and Superhero Girls crossover movie that happened. They're going over to Netflix. Yes, all of these. Yes, it, mostly everything is going over to Netflix. Teen Titans Go sees Space Jam. I guess that is the thing. Also, so yeah. Um. You have until the end of December to watch any of these movies that I've just um, blew past uh, if you're watching the video version so before they go elsewhere. Next up. So Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, is set to be honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award 
uh, on December 17th, and he's going to be honored by the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. That's cool. Rightly deserved. Also, uh, going back to our Invincible discussion, he also was on uh, the last episode of that. And if you if you know his mistake, his voice is unmistakable. If you know if you've heard him play Optimus Prime or watch Voltron, <laughs> right? Because he sounds like more of it, the the Voltron character. Yeah, that, definitely. I, I I definitely heard days of long ago. Mm-hmm, exactly, and I was like, oh wow. <laughs> see, if they had done that as opposed to the narrator that it did get, then that would have been perfect. But I, I see what they had going on to it, but. I was giggling when I was listening to him. I was like, he was, he's just about to bust into the Voltron thing. <laughs> but, um, but like I said, good on him. You know, shout out Prime and, and every other thing that you've done. Next up. Um, so I thought this was a joke when I first saw this. The Boys Mexico spinoff is in the works at Amazon from Blue Beetle writer uh, Gareth Dennett um, Alcor, Alcazar. Uh, Diego Luna and Gael Garcia Bernal. Because I saw this on Twitter, not from Deadline. And I was like, and then I saw a couple of jokes underneath, you know, who, uh, the, the the tweet that I saw. But apparently it's a real deal. Uh, that is, uh, seems to be uh, a thing. Uh, but yeah, um, Diego Luna and Garcia, uh, Garcia, Gael Garcia Bernal are set to executive produce and are consider, considering taking on acting roles, though neither would be major roles according to sources uh, shared with Deadline. So, yeah, another The Boys spinoff um, is apparently happening. Next up. The Alien TV series has added Timothy Oliphant and his great hair. Um, according to Deadline, the upcoming Alien spinoff from Fargo showrunner Noah Hawley will see... Uh, the pair reteam for the sci-fi horror series. Oliphant will star opposite Sidney Chandler, who plays Wendy, a hybrid metahuman with the body of an adult and the brain consciousness of a child. Oliphant himself will play a character called Kirsch, a synth and mentor to Chandler's Wendy. Okay. And probably will have a gun and shoot somebody. Of course. Fallout first look. Um, apparently there was a yeah. So there's a Fallout TV show happening at um, uh, uh, um, Amazon, I believe it is. Yes, Amazon Prime, and it is going to debut on April twelfth. Uh, apparently this is oh Jonathan Nolan, aka the brother of Christopher, is, is the one writing this uh, jobby. And there was a first look that uh, Vanity Fair has gotten to to take a look at that. So for folks that don't know, Fallout is a video game series of of some note to some some folks, uh, highly regarded and by some that I know of at least. So um, Kyle McLaughlin is in it and Ella Parnell, um, so yeah, amongst others. But you can check that out in the show notes. Next up, all right. Next up, the new Godzilla show that we just spoke about, uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, is the full title. Uh, broke a MonsterVerse Rotten Tomatoes record. So apparently, it scored an impressive 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, making it certified fresh. And I think that's well-deserved. It's a good show. They didn't put the music on, but it's a good show. (laughs) 
Uh, speaking of uh, said monster verse, Godzilla, like, well, Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire drops mysterious new teaser trailer ahead of CCXP. So um, this is the next movie in the that monster verse slash monarch verse series. Uh, and the teaser we got says something is covered with a big handprint that looks like probably could be King Kong's. Or probably not. We don't know. I don't know. But regardless, that teaser is out there. Um, and I guess we'll get more of that as time goes, or, or more on this uh, project as time goes by. Next up. This is old news. Oh, and there's also anime news. Right, but this is old news. This is from September of 2023. Is it? Wait, did I? Oh, yeah. Well, let me skip it. Well, All right. Oh, wait, did we do this one already? Actually, I don't remember. Yeah, we did it already. Okay, I couldn't remember. So there's a couple of them actually that are like that, because I was like, I don't remember if we did that one. So you can skip that one. Okay. Uh, What about the solo leveling? No, we didn't. Oh, no. Okay, solo leveling English dubcast officially announced. Why does this matter to either of us? Because we don't watch the dubs, but we, you know, it's new. Hey, somebody does though. So yeah, yeah. there are some some notable folks uh, as a as a dub here. So to to those that uh, matter to, I'm looking forward to Solo Love Run because I've been reading the, the manga and it's uh, I'm I, I'm I would wait and see the adaptation of it. Uh, if you want to go ahead and spin up the, uh, I mean, it was kind of late, but you know, throw an anime. oh. No, of course. The transition. There we go. Agent 7 is absolutely going to make that purchase we talked about uh, uh, before the show. I can see it already. Sooner or later. <laughs> um, sports romantic comedy manga Blue Box gets anime adaptation. I don't. I have not heard of this one, but this this might appeal to somebody, I'm sure. It's a romantic comedy slash sports manga, according to this by uh, Kujimura, Amura, excuse me. Uh, and who is doing? Well, we got a cast here. Who's doing animation? Um, doesn't necessarily say, but this was a manga from Shoeisha's weekly uh, Shonen Jump manga. Um, from back in April 2021, there's 12 volumes, and I'm sure someone uh, knows about this and probably freaking out about it. Next up. Tsukamichi Moonlit Fantasy anime reveals additional cast for season two. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of actors here listed. Unfamiliar with them all, but... If you're interested in finding out who's going to join this particular party, which is what the article says, ahead of the January 2024 premiere, take a look at it. Yeah. Um, Lagan anime films uh, to get first U.S. theatrical screening in January 2024, which I believe is the only missing piece of the puzzle that we didn't have about this that particular thing. So let's see. Childhoods End and The Lights in the Sky are stars. will have subbed and dubbed screenings on January 16th and 17th. Excuse me. And January 23rd and 24th, respectively. This will be the first time the films have received an English language dub. Uh, of course, Fathom Events um, tickets are going to go on sale through Fathom Events uh, starting December 8th. 
Uh, and if you want to, you, I feel like you probably already know if you want to watch uh, Gurren Lagann, which I have not finished, so maybe I will one day. Next up. Shonen Jump's most underrated manga finally will get an anime adaptation that is Dandadan or Dandadan is a criminally underrated manga apparently under the Shonen Jump label and it's set to finally receive an anime adaptation sometime in 2024. Okay. Yeah. And last up in the anime uh, corner, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 announces uh, a new delay episode delay. So let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, they they needed to delay it. Yeah, there's that's been the 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 hubbub. Um, it turns out that the network airing of season two, episode nineteen, will go down as planned. Um, oh, what just happened? Oh, so you doing that thing? I'm so glad I turned off the sound. Okay, um, yeah, information comes straight from Mappa Studios, which is that, oh, here we go, um, episode 19 will be broadcast on 13th, tonight, today, actually, excuse me, as we record this, Thursday, November 30th will be changed, expected delivery after the change, the distribution begins every Friday from six o'clock, the post ends, according to this, um, uh, according to this article. So, and they had to go back and say, "Hey, it sounds like uh, episode episode eighteen had a delay, uh, and now this week's." So, there you go, folks. If you're looking forward to that this week's, oops. Next up, uh, we go over right. into the coming right, so news. It's, so it's dropping tomorrow and uh, to, uh, I mean Friday instead. That's what it sounds like from what that article says, yeah. Right. Okay. It's not that big a difference. I know yeah. some people schedule their whole lives around it, though. So Yeah, and a lot of people weren't going to be able to get to it until this weekend anyway, so. Right, 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 right. Wait, okay. All right, so no manga? No. All right. All right, so uh, in celebration of Marvel Studios' X-Men 97, a follow-up to the classic 90s X-Men, coming soon to Disney+, Plus, Marvel's hardest, hottest artists are showing their love for the decade in new Marvel 97 variant covers. So on sale throughout February, these new covers capture the essence of the blockbuster era from the 90s, and uh, yeah, you know what? Just enjoy the covers. Uh yeah, what he said. Which hey, they look good. So, um, Spider Boy goes head to head with Miles Morales this February because that's the perfect time to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, Spider Boy number four hinges on the new name, new nickname given to Bailey Briggs Spider Boy, which is some somewhat tragically Boy Spider that Monica calls to down to yada 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 yada. Basically, uh, um. Um. Yeah, basically, yeah. The the Miles and 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 Spider Boy are going to um g- gonna square up for some odd reason and probably end up teaming up for something. Who knows? Uh, but that's February. Next up. So we've got some news 
on Marvel's 2024 free comic book day titles. And there's going to be a first taste of Blood Hunt, some some Blade stuff, a prelude to the X-Men's new era, and more, including Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe number one, Blood Hunt slash X-Men number one. Uh, there's going to be a Marvel's Voices number one, Star Wars Darth Vader number one, Spidey and His Amazing Friends number one, which looks really cool. And that's pretty, you know, that's a nice, diverse offering from Marvel on Free Comic Book Day. Mm-hmm. And if you watched the, the video version of this program, you saw me flipping, uh, uh, scrolling through all of those covers. Look good. Um, next up, though, uh, if you thought that uh, Miss Marvel, the new mutant, was going to be the end of uh, Iman Bellani and Saber Prozada's. Um, uh, comic book run you are mistaken because apparently uh this creative team will re- return for miss marvel mutant menace uh this march so um which is good because from what i from what i skimmed through it didn't seem it seemed like an ending but one that seemed like it could have you know could be some more co- uh, coming behind it and i had already seen this article before that so <laughs> i knew it was coming um, but yeah, we're getting another getting another miniseries uh, with the crew. I don't think it says how many issues uh, this is, but quote: "It's been an absolute joy and privilege to get to co-write Miss Marvel with Iman Vellani, who uh, from uh, Sabir Prasada, um, who has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that she is the voice of Miss Marvel on the page, just as much as she's on the screen." That was a quote. Uh, we are excited to report that Kamala's mutant journey will continue on in Miss Marvel Mutant Menace, and it will be Kamala's most dangerous ride yet. End quote. There's a cover. Next up. Marvel has offered a glimpse of Johnny Blaze's final moments as Ghost Rider. So, uh, you know, it's been announced that Marvel is introducing a new Ghost Rider in 2024, with a with a, apparently the story is that Johnny Blaze is losing control of the spirit of vengeance to a new mysterious and possibly villainous figure with potentially da- disastrous consequences. So we'll see what happens in 2024. Uh, this book is going to be out. Ghost Rider: Final Vengeance Number One is published by Marvel on March 13th, 2024. Mm-hmm. And uh, the art for the cover is done by Greg. Greg Capullo, who's more known but that's for at Batman least, stuff. I was going to say that's at least one, a variant, it says, I think. Yes. Wait, wait, is that not, that's not the cover? Yeah, I guess you're right. It doesn't necessarily say. Yeah, it does say variant. You're right. Okay. Well, either way, doing some Marvel work as opposed to, to his uh, the Batman stuff, which we knew was uh, going to happen. I think I saw on his socials that he had just signed an exclusive with Marvel. Oh, did he? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, I did not see about that. Um, speaking of Marvel, though, former Marvel publisher John Nee and three IDW veterans form a new company. Um, uh, let's see. I have a feeling that a former that that a former guest of our show and close friend of the show have something to talk about with this i would suspect as as much um 
It's the same person I know. Did you know that we were talking about? But yeah, the new really? company. Huh? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I didn't think to ask him about it. But um, the the new company plans to cast a wide net with uh, with comics, art books, prose, and RPGs, and other games, as well as offering talent consulta- consulting and custom publishing. It's currently running a crowdfunding campaign on Zoop for Conan, uh, the Barbarian Colossal Edition, which is a 190-page uh, uh, book featuring an art book of John Buscema, Jerry, uh, Barry Winsor-Smith, Gil Kane, and others. Uh, and it goes into with uh, campaign stuff from there on. And then there's another comic book called Cigna um, by Barbara and artist Andrew Lee Griffin. And it looks like they have some other stuff going on uh, on kick, kick, uh, uh, Kickstarter and other places. So, yeah. Good luck with that, I guess. <laughs> it's a good yeah. So, you know, it's, a, it's a weird climate for, for things like this, but at the same time, it's a weird climate for a lot of things. Next up. That's true. That's true. All right. So. The Marvel Multiverse role-playing game developer update number four shines a spotlight on the Cataclysm of Kang. You know, so long as it's not Jonathan Majors, I guess they're willing to promote it. Um, Yeah, so yeah, this is not, you know, this is an article about what's in uh, the the next kind of uh, module, I guess you would call it. Uh, expansion, sure. Is that uh, a, well, module expansion, because remember, that's what uh, AD&D used to call them, modules. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not sure what they call them. But speaking of said module uh, slash uh, expansion, I just happen to have it right here. <laughs> ah, look at that. Yep. Oh, nice and hardbound. Yes, baby. There's a look at the... Look at that. Yep. I haven't quite thumbed through it yet, uh, but it smells like new book. No love that. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to thumbing through this and possibly getting a PDF copy at some point. <laughs> and maybe I don't know. At some point, I would love to run a campaign on it, but we'll see how that's gonna, if that ever happens with any of these. So, right. But yeah, next up though, um, Marvel Legends New Warrior Nova uh, Unlimited Annual Membership Kit. Inc- um, Picks and views. So basically, we had already talked about this is going to be a thing. This is basically pictures of um, of the figure that uh, this article is talking about. So uh, if you're watching the the video, you can see um, Red Nova there, along with his other stuff that uh, I guess comes along with it. Um, uh, some close ups, some poses, uh, some other folks with him. From the Spidey Corner, there's Matt Murdock, Sandman, yada yada, and yada yada, and, and yada. Hey, there's that Firestorm that I already have. And there's a Night Thrasher, which I didn't think, I guess I just throws one out, huh? Wait, was that Frankie, Frankie Ray Nova already out? Is no, that, that was included with uh, Galactus. Oh, gotcha. So, but yeah, various poses, various pictures. There you go, folks. So if you got that, uh, then you also have that that Nova. I'm sure it'll. Um, I'm sure it will not be an exclusive for more than probably a, what a year, maybe before they put it out. 
um, to to on the market. I mean, you know, it, on the board, hard I guess it would say. Yeah, hard to say. Hard to say. Next up, though. So only in, only it's only surprising that Hasbro canceled its selfie series Marvel uh, action figure program because they had just started putting in improvements to the system, but apparently it just has not been profitable. Yeah. Which is sad, because I feel like that's something I probably would have wanted to do, but never did, and I guess, it, I don't know if it was, you know, touted. I did not see myself on the head of, like, you know, my Captain America action figure. Which I'm kind of surprised by that, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, I guess not. So... But yeah, this this is across the board. So the Marvel, GI Joe, and Ghostbusters stuff, and Star Wars stuff, uh, you know, across the board, where they're doing it. So, like he said, said, I guess it wasn't profitable. Right. Next up, though, Funko launches um, Marvel Bitty Pops because if Pops and the keychain Pops weren't small enough as it is, <laughs> um, and they also yeah, so the the Bitty Pops are. Uh, 0.9 inches, and I guess there might be variations according to this. They are the figures will be encased in hard acrylic cases with a, de- a detachable bottom lid, and then the lid doubles as a stand to put the figures on once you removed it from the case. So, and uh, wait, are they doing blind boxes? Yep, sure are. Everybody loves that. <laughs> so they're going on sale for three bucks. Um, if, if you're so inclined for that. Next up. Marvel Snap developers say the card game won't go anywhere as publishers reportedly look to exit, quote, mainstream games. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really sure who was publishing this thing, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, or not make sense. But um, So, yeah, that's good to know that it's going to still be around, I guess. Um, next up. Because, I mean, still popular enough. Wizards of the Coast announces Dino Size December for Magic the Gathering. Um, uh, Oops, sorry. So, to help reinvigorate in-store drafts events prior to to the introduction of play boosters and clear out any piles of draft products sitting on retails, um, Wizards of the Coast will be sending uh, WPN locations in North America and Europe and Asia. One draft booster box of March of the Machines to inspire them to schedule and run dino-sized draft events. These chaos draft uh, events occur in player pods of eight and players draft four packs instead of the usual three. Uh, so yeah, they're really trying to get rid of the old stock, huh? The dino-sized event can alternatively be run as a sealed event with seven packs instead of six. So they can just get rid of all of that stuff for some reason. Next up. Sweet. Holy goodness. So, Kotubukiya figures are making classic Decepticons beautiful in the sense that they're turning Decepticons Thundercracker and Starscream into pretty anime girls. Come on, folks. Seriously. Hope somebody will buy it. I know. <laughs> uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see me scrolling through uh, uh, those figures. Sure. Next up. Uh, Renegade Game Studios unveils new Transformers RPG sourcebook, the Enigma Combination, uh, which is scheduled to hit retail in April 2024. I don't think I have the core rulebook for this RPG, um, but yeah, 
uh, it's going to go, it's going to retail for 45 bucks. And if the name didn't uh, tell you anything about it, yeah, combiners, folks. Combiners. Next up. TMNT Kickstarter officially passes $1 million because fan support has obliterated the original goal. I should just jump in on this. I thought so about they, it too when I read this. Right, they exceeded its original. You know, they exceeded the original Kickstarter goal of two hundred fifty thousand. That's pretty damn good. So they've unlocked bon- fans have unlocked bonuses and st- and the stretch goals, including playing cards with art from the game and a new miniature of the Fugitoid character. Apparently, there are still stretch goals to be unlocked because they keep adding them on. So there is a potential to reach one point four million dollars. And introduce an April O'Neil miniature and new rules for a quote mystery mutant, unquote chosen by fans. Okay, maybe you know maybe that's a reason to to jump on. Maybe I got to send this to a buddy of mine and, and see if he, uh, he wants to jump in. I guess probably Jenica, right? I mean, I can't think of. I, mean, I know there are other mutants, but I figure she's the fifth, or it's Venus in the Bible. I don't know, but yeah, I thought about this when I saw this, and when we talked about this last week, what well, was like two weeks ago, it was already eighty percent. So we kind of figured. It was going to make, right? Uh, to make the goal, so not surprising, not surprising at all. And again, wouldn't mind running a campaign. Next up, though, come speaking of surpassing goals, how, uh, Ghostbusters has lab surpassed fifteen thousand backers, unlocking second stretch goal. So this is for that um, um, trap uh, with the um, with the uh, the patches and whatnot with it, uh, with the holster also. So, yeah, looking ahead, the next and final stretch goal comes with 18,000 backers, somewhat mirroring today's reward, the psychokinetic energy detector. Oh, wait, is it over? It might be over the Kickstarter. Is it? Because this was from a few days ago, so that's quite possible. Let's let's see if it sends me somewhere. Does it send me to the page? Uh... I'm not saying snooze anything. you lose, folks. Snooze you lose. Yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty sure cosplayers have gotten in who and who else elf got in on this already. Here we go. Um Oh no. Uh it ends in ten days. Oh, maybe they extended it. Maybe. It said we will stop taking backers uh eleven fifty nine Eastern on December eleventh. So, ah, so time, folks. Is. Yeah, and this is for the PKE, the trap, and and uh, whatnot. So, yeah, you still got time. Next up. Got it, got it, got it, got it. You thinking about it? Oh, no, we're talking about the Haslab. I thought you were talking about the, I'm looking at the TMNT. I don't, I'm not talking about the Haslab. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm just like, wait, I think the TMNT Kickstarter no, is already closed oh okay no i was talking about the the, the ghostbusters one yeah 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 i heard you say pke i'm like no 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 no, no. Right. you're not talking about the same thing i mean maybe they'll they'll put it out you know uh after they 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 do their orders if they have any left or something who knows yeah i'm gonna look that up anyway next up um new walking dead video game makes the rick versus shane fight hilarious okay so a new video game based on the tv show Gives players the power to change how the show's biggest moments play out. Okay. That includes the ability to alter a critical death scene from scenes. Oh, no, spoiler alert for a very old show yeah. from seasons in which Rick Grimes kills his former friend Shane Walsh. Okay. 
Yeah, how about that? Wasn't that early on in the show? Anyway, um, Warner Brothers season denies two. Huh? season two. Yeah, you know, season two. Yeah, Warner Brothers denies that Wonder Woman will be a service game after job lifting. So yeah, listing. Excuse me. So Warner Brothers, you know, after I don't know, they're they're trying to say. Unlike that Gotham Knights game, which I believe was a service game, a service game, uh, game, which means that you know after it comes out, they're going to add more stuff to it uh, and you know, to try to get more money off of you, uh, or and do like events and stuff like that. I guess, but, but we'll see here. Uh, anyway, um, uh, they they cite yeah Call of Duty. Yeah, the uh, TMNT just ended. Okay. Well, like that. Maybe they'll put that out. They did not hit the one point four. Hmm. But they still did pretty good. So. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely did pretty well. I'm just scrolling through it now. Hmm. But yeah, like this, like this article says, live service games are supported long after launch with seasonal expansions and often have microtransactions for other elements like cosmetics and weapons, like that uh, Marvel's Avengers game, for for example. Uh, popular examples are also Fortnite and Call of Duty in Destiny 2. So, yeah. Let's hope they don't screw the game up like that. Next up. Oh, one moment. Oh. Let's see. What are we up to? Uh, DC Comics Animal Man. Ah, DC Comics Animal Man roars. With a McFarlane Toys DC uh, multiverse figure. Okay. Listen, Buddy Baker, if you want him, go get him. <laughs> right. You know, it's... Uh, when is this coming out? I assume this is the new... Because I don't think this is... His, I don't, not that I'm all that first in Animal Man, but this is his newer costume, correct? If you uh, No, it looks pretty, pretty classic. Well, I guess... I mean... From what I remember, you know, right. you can he's available, he's exclusive to Target for nineteen ninety nine with a January twenty twenty four release. Hmm. I guess maybe I'm recognizing the jacket and, I, and they don't have him in these pictures. With exception right. of yeah, I guess I don't freaking know. McFarlane Toys speaking of, um Okay, come on. McFarlane Toys offers a sneak peek at a all new figure of Superman that resembles his classic look from the, the comics. Uh, if you're watching the video version of the show, you can see a picture of said figure. And sure, yeah, got the curl, got the got the S on the chest, got the cape. What else do you need, I guess? <laughs> um, pre-orders December 8th, 2024. So that's a good ways off. And also probably mean that they will, could possibly make some changes until uh, or uh, uh, up until the, the episode coming out. But yeah, there you go. Uh, next up. Alrighty, next up. So apparently, uh, Superman's new sword and shield will replace his powers, apparently in a perfect way. So this is spoilers for Action Comics number 1059. Hey, you know what? Sword and shield, you know, more power to you. Indeed. Which I believe what is either this week or last week. Uh, yeah, so yeah, apparently Supes has had his powers drained and weakened because you know what else is new? You got to bring him down to our level. There you go. Once again, nope, it's this week. So yeah, uh, and he's working with steel. So I don't know if that's has anything to do with steelworks, but hey, there you go. 
Uh, next up, though, Shut up. Uh, Alan Scott's Green Lantern, uh, yeah, Green Lantern gets a new origin story, and that has been, um, I haven't had a chance to read that miniseries that's going on right now, but uh, this is a spoiler alert for Alan Scott, the Green Lantern number two, which I believe also came out this or last week. Um, and I guess, uh, kind of, um, gives them a little different, I guess, gives them some more backstory that more than I, I knew he had. So I wouldn't have done the difference one way or the other. Next up. So spoilers for this week's Titans beast world reveals beast boys ultimate form. I don't know if I would say that, but you know, I'm not going to spoil what exactly what it is. It was a little surprising, but it does lead into, um, why this story has the subtitle or the title that it does. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's a supporter for those who hadn't read it, but I think I already know about it because it was in, in, uh, in the original news article about that event. If it's the same one I'm thinking of. Um, but anywho, Mad Cave Studios announces uh, free comic book day silver titles for 2024. That includes the aforementioned uh, Gotcha Man book, Flash Gordon, and Asterix. Um, there is the Gotcha Man cover, which again I'm looking forward to. Uh, written by, wait, is that actually? Yeah, it is. Cullen Bunn's writing that. That's and uh, oh, Cullen Bunn, Tommy Lee Edwards, and Steve Orlando with uh, who the color artist Chris Samney. Uh, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, and uh, the Loud House, which I hadn't known anything about. Like I said, I, would, I kind of put something out there on Twitter. <laughs> maybe Matt Cave would have seen, and maybe we would have possibly could possibly get some Matt Cave books so we can get that uh, Gotcha Man book. But uh, I hadn't heard anything yet. So, oh well. Next up, Transformers number five has some spoilers. And because it hints at the return of a major Decepticon, possibly it's over, Prime, as Starscream resurrects a powerful warrior to eliminate the Autobots. That's not, you know, it, it's not certain yet, but if you know, there are other possibilities, right? And also, knowing Starscream's history, would he really resurrect that particular person, <laughs> knowing his aspirations? You know. We'll find out. Like I said, that they, they um, they've been taking a sweet time about about that. Um, yep, about that thing. But I'm still enjoying it. So anyway, uh, speaking of Skybound, I think this might be news that we talked about before. But just in case we haven't, uh, Skybound and Hasbro announces this Transformers and GI Joe uh, special for Free Comic Book Day. It's called the Energon Universe 2024 Special. Uh, we'll, we'll feature three brand new stories set in the shared universe uh, of the Sky of Skybound's comics. So yeah, it says might be a, might might be uh, that aforementioned or well, that hinted that uh, character might uh, be um, a part of this, um, and some other stuff that they're hinting at in this article. So yeah, and of course there's a GI Joe some some stuff, and uh, they t- they hint around the already returned. Uh, um, no, they don't. Uh, this is another thing. But yeah, a G.I. Joe thing basically is also going to be in this, as, as per said. So yeah, next up. 
So a pretty impressive team of creators, including Tom King, Peter Gross, Tamra Bonvalain, and Clayton Cowles have come together to create Animal Pound, a modern retelling of George Orwell's classic Animal Farm that will hit stores this December. And this article, you know, basically uh, details, you know, what brought them to create this adaptation. And this book will hit stores on December 20th. Last but not least, um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Returns reveals the first look at a new Green Ranger who has a familiar name to some folks. Uh, and that name is Olivia Hart. Uh, the Hart part being the familiar part because it is seems like it's going to be the daughter of... Um, um, wow. How the hell did I forget her name? Um, the, original, the original Pink Ranger. Kimberly, Kimberly, that's her name. There we go. I was about to say, you're not looking to me to figure out who the Rangers are. So, <laughs> no, sir, no, sir. So, yeah, so it looks like this is going to uh, that's going to be the thing in this book when it happens, but and which makes sense because it's being written by the original Pink Ranger, Amy Joe Johnson. Uh, there you go. And with that, folks, uh, that is it for the news section. We get one that last ad read. Our last ad read of the night, folks, is for to help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And folks, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks to each and every one of you all for coming out here. Appreciate you as always, whether you come by uh, while we're recording or, you know, after uh, afterwards or, you know, when it hits uh, audio. You know, we appreciate you there. Uh, we should be, well, we'll, um, next week is going to be, um, an off scheduled one because of yes. uh, things, but we will let folks know on, uh, social medias, which goes as follows. I am Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. This is not a rerun, so why is that still there? Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and threads. Uh, PC underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Network, Pop Culture Net, Pop Culture Network, and also on the site therein. And Tim D-O-G-G-9 on Twitter, um, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account, uh, The Click Nation on Twitter, The Click clicknation.com and of course uh, comicbook.com where he's over there writing his face off is he on threads? I don't know um, <clears throat> excuse me you could find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network.cspn.us do it today 
You can also find us on your podcast, Birds of Place of Choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of Spotify, I'm sure you've got your um, Spotify wraps for this year or starting to. Maybe we're on it. If you do, hey, shout us out on um, on 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 the Twitters or whatnot. We're probably not, but hey, it would be nice to see if we were. Right. <laughs> um, you can find us recording mostly every Thursday night, nine thirty Eastern Standard Time on uh, the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's YouTube.com/slash the Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Yeah. And with that, folks, uh, so so 8 to 7, you can go get some rest, and uh, I can go do whatever's. This has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe